Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. <sighs> so this is a really packed episode, um, and there are a lot of moving parts, so um, you're going to hear me say a lot that um, this was not a planned segment, and when I say it, please just know that it probably really wasn't a planned segment. Um, <laughs> that's just how it goes sometimes, and uh, right now we're in a new cycle where new stories are breaking literally every hour uh so we're not bringing you them as a break because i'm working with my sources to get detailed information um some of those some of the stories that we are working on for next week um is the megan McHugh megan mccain <laughs> wow you know the sad thing is is i haven't even started drinking my mojito yet so <laughs> this is going to be fun <laughs> okay so <laughs> Um, the Meghan McCain and Joy Behar feud, which is exploding over at The View. Um, we're going to be bringing you that next week. Um, we're going to be bringing you some uh, new information on Monique next week. Um, and plenty, plenty more. But for this episode, we're going to start off talking about uh, Tamara Mori's departure from The Real. She announced it on the same day that Naya Rivera's body was found. And she said that she didn't want to make the announcement uh, at the same time that her friend was uh, found, or her friend's body was found. And they really were good friends. I didn't realize this, but um, Naya and Tamara actually went way back, and they they were um, very good friends. Uh, But it was about to break in the tabloids. Now... Y'all know I wouldn't be talking about this unless I had some exclusive deets for you. So, on the surface, everything seems to be on the up and up, right? Like, sometimes people leave jobs. I've left plenty of them. I left uh, one around this time last year because it wasn't um, suiting my needs anymore. So, you know, when we talk about uh, someone leaving a job... Sometimes it is really easy to say, well, really? Um, is, this, is this really newsworthy? Yes, this is newsworthy. Huh. When the reel started about seven years ago, Tomorrow Mori was arguably the most famous person in the cast. And as such, um, she made a lot more money than the other women. Well, now it was time to renegotiate her contract, and producers were trying to slash the budget. And since everyone else was getting a raise, they wanted Tamara to take a pay cut. A pay cut in excess of 60%. Now, if they were also cutting her responsibilities, like maybe she didn't have to do interviews, or you know, she could take some time off, or more time off, I should say, it would have been equitable and fair. But no, that's not what they wanted. They wanted her to do the same amount of work for less money. And Tamara said no. You know, she said, I've been doing this way too long. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. So what is actually happening right now um, in terms of, in, in terms of um, what's going on? She knows she's leaving. Her co-stars have all um, 
sent out their regrets and said, oh, that's so sad. You know, we love her. But secretly, they're all happy and they're all going to their agents trying to get even more money now that uh, tomorrow's salary is going to be up for grabs. And what I'm hearing is they're going to look for a more up-and-coming star um, who maybe won't charge quite as much. And perhaps will be uh, happier with um, making a fraction of what tomorrow was making. But the show needs to watch out. Because I have it on good authority that despite her having um, a no competition clause in her contract, that Tamara is actually out shopping her own daytime talk show. I know there's collective gas because I gasped when my source told me this. And I just want to say, my source has been right on. He told me that Amanda Seals um, was leaving and was going to try to throw everyone under the bus um, before she went. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. Um, So my source is really right on um, with what's going on. So with Tamara Mori, she is um, shopping for, she's shopping a new talk show. Uh, She's already worked on the format. She already knows what she wants. Um, And much like Sarah Gilbert did uh, with the talk, um, she's going to try to retain as much creative control as she possibly can. Now, I know a lot of people are wondering if there's even any interest in in a talk show um, with Tamara Mori. First of all, yes. I've said it all along. Um, and my source, um, both at ABC and at The Real, um, completely concurred with me. Daytime audiences like continuity. They like consistency. They like the familiar. So, in this case, well, uh, The Real is losing continuity and um, somewhat of a uh, familiar vibe. And tomorrow's new talk show might lack some of the same things. People like Tamara. She she had the highest Q factor of any of the um, current hosts of The Real. And, uh, you know... Frankly, she's always had the better name recognition. So I think that when it comes down to those kind of things, it's very important to keep that in mind. So who's going to pick this up? ABC is said to be looking at it. Um, They... They are currently looking for a new co-host for The View, um, as we talked about, and I said at the top of the show, um, I'm going to bring this, um, we'll be talking more in depth about this later, um, or next week rather, but um, Megan McCain, as I've said all along, is said to be out. Um, Right now it's an optics thing, they're not going to fire her while she's pregnant, Uh, and what... What a lot of people are assuming is going to happen with Megan is she's 
she's going to leave, or she's going to say she's left with her own accord. Um, and then there's the fifth chair that needs to be filled. Um, it was vacated by Sarah Haynes. Um, right now, everyone believes that Sarah Haynes will uh, be coming back. Uh, and I hear negotiations are ongoing to bring her back. Uh, but remember, they used to have um, uh, a rotating guest host um, in case one of the hosts needed a day off. Um, I'm hearing that they've they've thought about having Tamara do that. I'm hearing that um, since we don't really know where she stands politically, um, they could bring her on as a more independent voice. Um, or any number of things. Uh, but if she insists on her own talk show, um, Lionsgate, Deb Noir, uh, I'm sorry, Lionsgate is a distributor, Deb's, Deb's Mar Mercury, the same producers of the Wendy Williams show, is said to be, um, in need of a talk show to launch this fall. Uh, because of some stuff that we're going to talk about later on about Nick Cannon. Um, so, <laughs> it's a giant mess in the world of daytime right now, let's be honest. Um, but I'm going to keep you guys up to date, and I will let you know when I know anything um, more about this. For right now, though, I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. Um, I just want to let you guys know that there is breaking news about Tamara Braxton, Apparently, she was found unresponsive in her hotel in Los Angeles. Um, she and her boyfriend were supposed to do their YouTube show, um, but it never went, went on because um, she was found, uh, as, a, as I know right now, she was um, found critical, or she was found unresponsive, rather, uh, and uh, she stabilized, um, but she's still not conscious yet. Um, I'm going to bring you more on that story next week as soon as I know more of the details about what happened. Um, and I don't know how to segue into this into this story, but um, I, I really wanted to tell you guys about that breaking news because I thought it was really important. And um, Spotify and Anchor has this listed as a news organization for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, it's all because of Will. I swear to Jesus, it's because of Will. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's talk some Nick Cannon. So, <clears throat> Nick Cannon got himself into some trouble. Last year, he recorded a podcast um, with his friend in which he said that black people are superior and furthermore, that uh, black people are, are the real Jews, and that the uh, Jewish people that we know now are posers, and they should give up their claim to Israel. Needless to say, this um, sparked an outcry of controversy uh, with some people who oppose the Black Lives Matter movement showing this as an example that. Um, black people can also be racist, um, and that 
black people are just as bad as white people. Uh, but, uh, going even a little bit further, <clears throat> Viacom, or CBS Viacom canceled um, Wild and Out, the series that had, um, it began on MTV2, migrated over to the original MTV a few years ago, and then migrated once more over to VH1. Um, and they severed all ties with Nick Cannon. And this created an outrage from Nick Cannon, who went off on a 1,500-word t- Facebook tangent in which he said he alleged that he tried to reach out to Sherry Redstone, who, if you don't know, uh, Sherry Redstone is uh, the chairwoman of CBS Viacom. Her father, Summer Redstone, actually started... Um, started the business and originally broke them up into separate businesses because at the time he felt that CBS was dragging Viacom down. (coughs) Um, And then later on when CBS became the more successful business, he tried to reunite them. Um, And it led to a whole um, thing with Les Moonves being brought down last year during the Me Too movement. So, okay. Now that that's all out of the way, they severed ties. He, Nick Cannon said that he tried to reach out to uh, Sherry Redstone. CBS Viacom has completely denied this. They said that there is no way that it's remotely true. <clears throat> and speaking of someone who um, has been in, in and around CBS Viacom... I will tell you, I tend to side with the business on this one. Now, um, as my best friend pointed out, his people could have reached out to her people, which was also denied. Um, I think that has a little more weight behind it. But that's just my opinion. <clears throat> so... Um, During his 1,500-word ramble, Nick Cannon uh, did apologize to his, quote-unquote, his Jewish brothers and sisters. And, of course, that was... It would have been nice if he hadn't followed it up with... Demanding that um, CBS Viacom hand over his quote unquote billion dollar franchise and wild it out. Now, there are several problems with this. Um, I, but first, I do want to grant him, he did actually create the show. I didn't realize he created the show, I thought he just took over as host. Um, but no, he was ho- he created, hosted, and was one of the stars of the show. But the show would not have happened, would not have been produced or made into a quote-unquote billion-dollar franchise without um, CBS Viacom 
pouring the money into um, start production on the show. Uh, and when you create a show for any production company, you know you, you sign away your ownership rights. Um, and in a case like Nick Cannon's, you might own a percentage of the show. Um, and certainly you draw a salary from it. But uh, overall, it belongs to the production company. And I also take issue with him calling it a billion-dollar franchise. In April, Jet Magazine called it a half-a-billion-dollar franchise. Now, this might seem petty, but I will not believe that this franchise grew by $500 million in less than three months. Um, that's some Kylie Jenner math right there. Um, so, as for fallout from all of this controversy, aside from, aside from losing the deal with CBS Viacom, um, his talk show from um, Debmar Mercury which is going to be distributed through Lionsgate, has been pushed back by a year. Not canceled, although uh, many people in the industry are whispering that the, the delay is just a nice way of um, canceling the show before it even premieres. Of course, I won't speak on that, but... And this is what a lot of people are saying. Um, and that just broke a few minutes ago that they were um, that they were delaying the the talk show. He will, however, get to keep his hosting job over at the Mass Singer. Uh, executives at Fox said that um, they've spoken with him. They believe that he truly regrets his words and any pain that he may have inflicted upon uh, the Jewish community. And they believe that he is working to resolve these issues. So, uh, we're going to have to wait and see what the actual fallout from this is. Um, like I said, he did issue another apology, um, later on without demanding, um, ownership of anything where he once again apologized to, um, his quote unquote brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. But is it enough to save him? Uh, that's what everyone is looking at right now. Um, as for his war with CBS Viacom and demanding his franchise, um, I asked an entertainment lawyer, and the entertainment lawyer told me that there is no way a judge would ever side with Nick Cannon. Um, even if he tried to sue, um, it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, the entertainment lawyer believes that this is all just a public relations stunt to try to um, force them 
to pay out his contract. Which it jives with the um, billion dollar into or the billion dollar franchise comment that he made. All right, I'm gonna take a break and I will be right back. And I'm back. All right, Jake Paul. What can we say about this douche? Um, like, Will and I were talking about him last night, and it's just amazing to me that this guy is famous. And I'm not even sure why. Like, I've, I ended up watching a video with Logan Paul um, and his parrot. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> and it was adorable. It was, like, super-duper cute, and I can see why people are attracted to Logan Paul. But when it comes to his brother, Jake, I just don't think I get it. Like, he has the look of a douche and the mindset of a douche. (laughs) So this week, he got into a lot of trouble for throwing a massive rager of a party. Uh, The police came and busted it up. Which is not really that interesting of a story. Right? Like... And I can already hear you guys yawning and saying, like, why the fuck are you talking about this, Ned? Well, because there's an interesting aspect to it. All right? Um, I have a source out in L.A., as you guys know, because I get all the good gossip from them. Um, the, the source is an ex-celebrity gossip blogger um, who has ties to a lot of celebrities. Um, I mean, just a lot of people in L.A., period, but... Particularly a lot of um, celebrities because he worked with them. So, one of his most trusted sources was at this rager of a party. And before the party got busted up, Jake Paul and a girl and another dude went into a bedroom. Okay, not... Now we're getting interesting, but, you know, nothing completely scandalous. I mean, bros hook up with the same girl all the time. You know, MMF threesomes are probably very popular, especially in a city like Los Angeles. But there's more. Because of course there is. It seemed like the girl going up to... Um, the room with the two men was just the guys because the source, our our source for this, walked into the bedroom. The girl was nowhere to be seen. She was later found in the bathroom. And Jake Paul and his buddy were most definitely not waiting for her to return, if you catch my drift. Uh, And, and, you know, this sort of topic is always really difficult for me um, because, as you guys know, I started my career writing erotic, erotica. And so I usually go into a lot of details, but um, Will and I agreed that perhaps in this case um, and for this show, maybe we don't want to go into um, the low-down dirty details 
So, okay, so the source caught the two guys going at it. And what Arthur said was he wasn't surprised because in L.A., even guys who claim to be straight uh, will sleep with men if it means furthering their career. Um, but what he was surprised about was, um, since Jake is so toxically um, straight, at least he gives off that persona, was that um, he was very much the submissive one. Now, while I know the details, I'm not going to give them all to you, but I will say there are some misconceptions about um, gay sex. And one of them is that if you are the receiver, that automatically makes you submissive. Um, uh, That's definitely not the case. Uh, And that's where I'm going to leave that. Um, But there's even more to the story. So as I was um, in our group chat with, with my friend, the former gossip blogger, and our source, we were talking about the, um, some things, and I am writing a, I am currently writing a novel um, with a Jake Paul character stand-in um, who is dating um, James Charles's character in the in the story. So what um what I've come to find is uh that my story is not so far off. And what I mean by that, of course, is <clears throat> uh, do you all remember when we talked about Jake Paul marrying um, Tana? Of course you do. <laughs> um, and his brother, Logan Paul, spoke out and said, I don't know why he's doing this. He doesn't need to have a fake relationship uh, to get more views. This is ridiculous to me. Well, um, there's a little bit more to that story, um, which actually kind of fed into um, the house party story a little bit. So, he and Tana were supposed to live stream their wedding reception, and they ended up not having to refund fans a lot of money. And, of course, the marriage quickly crumbled, and their, um, it went away faster than just about anything you can imagine. So, what happened? Well, apparently on his wedding night, his bride went out shopping and came home to find her husband with another man. In this case, um, it wasn't full on um, sexual relations. But 
It was definitely... Um, it was most definitely not something that a straight woman would want to come home and find her allegedly straight husband doing. Um, and in this case, I, all right, I'm going to put it the way um, Will suggested. Uh, Jake Paul was being orally serviced by this guy, who ended up being a uh, male escort. So, why did... I mean, obviously, those those two things do fell quite nicely in with one another. Um, I don't think anyone's surprised um, by that. But here is the biggest bomb that was dropped on me, and I'm dropping on you guys. Um, when... When there are denials, and there inevitably will be, because that's just how this works. Um, Don't be surprised if pictures and video is leaked. Our source personally has pictures um, from the Rager and Jake Paul and his his, uh, man friend um, in full on. And... There are pictures of him being serviced by, uh, pictures and video of him being serviced by the male escort who insisted on having it recorded. I don't know if this is a thing out in LA or um, um, what was going on with that. Um, I never spoke with the male escort, Um, but there are definitely pictures, there's definitely video of this happening. Uh, and frankly, don't be surprised um, when when it starts to um, come out in the mainstream media. And I don't like to brag. Okay, yes, I do. <laughs> I totally love to brag. Um, but we've broken here on Drunk Gossip multiple stories that where I've got a lot of hate mail saying no, this isn't true. Only for the mainstream media to turn around and break these stories. Um, so, there you have it. I'm telling you right now, um, Jake Paul has slept with at least two men. And um, I'm sure that there are more, I just don't know about them. And I'm also sure I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. All right. So, we're going to talk about Megan the Stallion, who is currently enjoying uh, a really hot streak. Uh, she, her single, Savage, went to number one after it was remixed with Beyonce, I believe. Um, and so far, it doesn't seem like she has beef with anyone, um, except for uh, Tori Lanez. I don't know the full story behind um, Tori and Megan. I'm trying to um, figure it out. It seems like they're lovers, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, In any case, uh, Tori shot Megan uh, in the lower half of her body. Some of our sources are saying it was in her leg. Other sources are saying... Um, it was in her foot. I really can't answer 
Um, which uh, it seems like more sources are saying in the foot, but I just want to put it out there that um, a lot of people are saying um, in her leg. And this all happened last Sunday, um, which would be July 12th. Uh, And sources told page six, Tori fired the shots from within the vehicle while Megan was outside trying to leave. There's video and the police are investigating. This is a case of a man physically harming and abusing a woman. Um, Megan herself um, talked about what happened on Instagram. She said, on Sunday morning, I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. I was never arrested. The police officers drove me to the hospital where I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. I'm incredibly grateful to be alive and that I'm expected to make a full recovery, but it was important for me to clarify the details about this traumatic night. I just want to um, go into this a little bit because rumors initially were that Megan was arrested um, for trespassing um, because she was seen being taken by the cops. Um, that is absolutely not true. She was never arrested. I've independently verified this. Uh, what seems to have happened is a lover's quarrel um, and Megan was trying to leave. Uh, this Tori Linez, who also seems to be a rapper, but um, hasn't quite took off quite yet, um, was not happy that his lady love was trying to leave him. And he ended up shooting her. Uh, and it, this was all caught on cell phone um, camera footage. Or, <laughs> that was really awkward. This was all... It was all caught on camera. Um, someone had uh, a cell phone out and was taping this. Police are going over the video right now. Uh, and Tori is expected to be arrested and charged uh, with multiple crimes including attempted murder. So is this a case of domestic violence? That's um, what everything seems to be leading up to, and Megan herself seems to be alluding to in her Instagram post. Um, I'm hesitant to, um, to speak for her because I don't know her. Um, but when I was in my own situation, I will say that <clears throat> it does, when you're trying to leave, your abuser will escalate it to the point where if you, they would rather have you dead than not with them anymore. Um, again, I, I'm very hesitant to assign that to Megan, um, because I, I don't know much about her. I've just started studying the case when Will brought it to my attention. Uh, But, uh, you know, this week I've dealt with a lot of 
cases that revolved around um, abusers either killing their victims or victims killing their abuser. As for charges um, and why Tori wasn't immediately arrested, a police spokesperson told me uh, that it was an ongoing investigation and that charges were pending. I will say it's very, very odd. Um, but uh, there could be a lot of details that are not uh, known yet, and they're just there are some that are just now coming to light. So let's keep an eye on this. Um, I will bring you any updates as I get them. But for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> so, outside of the Nick Cannon story this week, there was um, another story that emerged. Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews were fired from Dancing with the Stars. And this led to a huge outcry uh, from the DWTS fans who were really upset that Tom had been let go. Uh, Tom, for him, his part, seemed to be okay with it, um, at least publicly, and said, you know, he had an amazing time, it was so much fun, uh, but it was, time to, it was time to go. Aaron Andrews, who uh, started her tenure as host, I believe in season 18... I thank Tom for everything he's done for her, uh, including teaching her how to uh, do, you know, how to host and be affable and uh, whatnot. And ABC then announced Tyra Banks as the new host of Dancing with the Stars. Now, this all seems very mundane. And one, I think, would even argue that not only is it mundane, but frankly, um, outside of Tom being the original host of the show, and the fans being upset about that, like, who really cares? Well, I'm going to tell you who cares. Uh, And the reason why they care. Uh, First of all, obviously the fans care, like I said. Uh, But Tom is very displeased with how things are being handled. And he's displeased because he was not fired because he wasn't doing a good job or because of the sacking ratings. Instead, he was fired for... Are you are you seeing down for this? He was fired for speaking out against Sean Spicer being allowed to compete on the series. Um, I don't know if you guys remember back in the fall, but Sean Spicer was announced as one of the contestants. 
Now, of course, there had been political figures in the past who had um, competed, I think, most famously, uh, Sarah Palin, um, Rick Santorum, and Tom Bergeron had never spoken out about any of them being part of the cast. Um, and this time, he he did, and he said that he felt that Sean was going to be a distraction, and perhaps um, because of perhaps because of his association with Donald Trump would be more of a distraction, um, and make the show more about politics than. Uh, what what the show was. The show was supposed to be escapism, in his opinion. Well, ABC Brass really took offense to that. Uh, they felt that if he didn't support someone joining the show, uh, he shouldn't say anything. He was, in one executive's words, according to our source, he was there to make nice, collect a, a very nice paycheck, keep his mouth shut, and go home. Another exec said that his his mouth cost him a hundred thousand dollars a week, and if he had just played the corporate line, he would have still had his job. Now our source said that in bringing on Tyler Banks, they're hoping to capture a different demographic, a younger demographic, because. While Dancing with the Stars is one of the most popular shows on TV right now, um, it is also one of the oldest skewing shows. Um, Which is much to ABC's chagrin. And so they're, they're bringing on Tiger Banks in the hopes that they can try to young it down um, and get more of a diverse audience to watch. It's also, our source says, Tyra Banks is very expensive. So ABC is claiming that the new format of Dancing with the Stars has been tried out in other areas uh, and it's very exciting um, and they're they're hoping that they can get the show on air before quarantine. Or, I'm sorry. They're hoping that they can get the show on air despite quarantine. Um, LA, as you know, is back on lockdown, um, albeit modified. Um, as far as we know right now, production, productions are still um, are going on a case-by-case basis. But some of them are rapidly being um, shut down. Uh, but with a quarantine edition, what a lot of what ABC execs are hoping is um, that they can kind of capture the same ratings magic that happened for American Idol. Um, it will be a, a more than likely shortened season uh, if it's. 
done with in quarantine limitations. But um, they are most definitely hoping uh, that you can, um, that they can get the show out there because they're going to need fresh material for the fall. Now, we're, we're heading into the time when normally we would be getting a look at the celebrity cast. And that's not happened yet. And people are kind of wondering why. And the answer um, is simply becoming they don't have anyone signed up yet. Um, they're working on it. And a few names have signed, um, but one of the biggest things that, um, one of the biggest complaints about the show um, were not, of course, Tom Bergeron or Aaron Andrews, but rather um, the quality of star that they were getting. When you don't know half the people who they're talking about or who half the people are that they've signed, that could potentially be a problem. Um, <clears throat> so they're trying to get bigger names. Um, they're dipping into the ABC Disney family, trying to lure um, some of the people from Avengers, trying to lure um, some of the people from um, the daytime the daytime side. Um, one of the names I've heard thrown around was Sarah Haynes, um, which, as you know, she's expected to go back to um, The View. But if she's competing on Dancing with the Stars, they may need um, someone to uh, fill in for her on the days where she's not able to be there. Also look for um, look for them potentially to do an all Disney family um, show. <clears throat> um, as we know, um, Disney the Disney brand is very strong. It's very large, um, and many 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 A list people are on it. Um, and getting them in contact with their partner wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, both are checked. They share their COVID results. And you just basically film it from a dance studio with very limited people. Maybe even just the two of them with an um, iPhone or a um, MacBook or whatever. Um, my source... My source did say that uh, ABC is desperate to make sure that they have product coming out. uh, And they're trying to avoid the same pitfalls that are befalling uh, Fox and the CW where they're buying... They are buying um, what the industry is terming lightly used shows. Meaning, um, shows that may have debuted, um, LA's Finest is the best example, 
It debuted on Spectrum last year. It was renewed for a second season. Um, but the first season will air in its entirety over on Fox. Um, so, they're trying to avoid that. They're trying to use the Disney... Um, the Disney marketing machine to make sure that they have some good product. If they have to, they've said that they will bring over um, <clears throat> The Mandalorian or other Disney Plus shows, but no one's fully expecting that to be an issue. All right, that's going to do it for me for uh, right now. Thank you all so much for listening as always. I really do appreciate it. Coming up is Palatok with Will. Cheers. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Palatok. This week's very much a numbers week, with the biggest stories being the government response to the COVID-19 pandemic and the government response to America and the world's ongoing economic collapse. On that latter point, a very pertinent deadline is coming up soon. This month, we'll see the end of $600 unemployment benefits that were granted in addition to standard unemployment due to the coronavirus. Most of these payments will end as early as next week, despite the official cutoff being the 31st. Since the last time I covered this topic, there's been little progress towards addressing financial compensation due to the pandemic by either House of Congress House and Senate Democrats pitched their own substantially larger relief bill a couple months ago, including up to $3 trillion to put the economy back on track. Republicans balked at it, claiming at the time that large-scale economic spending wasn't needed as the pandemic was at that point winding down. Since then, obviously, the coronavirus has massively surged again. Just this week, we saw record-breaking new cases and deaths in Florida, on, in, on multiple days in Florida, actually, and continued spikes across the American South. In response to this, Senate Republicans have reportedly been workshopping their own economic relief bill, one that some sources have suggested will include roughly, will put roughly a trillion dollars towards economic relief. The bill has not been made public or disclosed to Democratic can't, uh, congr- congresspeople yet, so I can't offer many details. However, that specific bill is unlikely to pass due to Republican insistence on Democratic poison pills, such as shields from corporate accountability due to the pandemic. Forward motion on this front has been fairly rare despite the pressing deadlines, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Now, the government did take one major step in combating the coronavirus this week. How it, well, for a certain definition of combating, at least. Trump has requested that hospitals across the nation send their coronavirus data directly to the Department of Health and Human Services, bypassing the CDC, which previously collected that data. This move has generated substantial pushback from hospitals, activists, and Democratic lawmakers who have warned that Trump made it try to control the narrative and manipulate the data for his own ends. This podcast's listeners are advised to keep an eye on 
Johns Hopkins University's coronavirus records to see if they begin diverging from official statistics soon, as the university has been tracking coronavirus cases and deaths by county since the pandemic started getting into full swing back in March. In other major news, over the past couple of days, Trump and his administration have been campaigning very hard on the issue of law and order, claiming that leftist protesters and mobs have been trying to destroy American culture and are, quote, laying siege to American cities such as Portland. In what many warn is a preview of his likely actions and orders to other cities, Trump has deployed federal law enforcement officials from a number of agencies, including the Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement, to the city of Portland in order to suppress local protests. These federal officers have significantly escalated their tactics compared to the regular police force. The past few days alone, we've seen reports that federal officers are picking up protesters in unmarked vans and holding them for hours without charging them or giving them access to counsel. We've also seen direct footage of officers attacking peaceful protesters or bystanders with resin rounds and batons. Tear gas attacks have also continued. It's worth noting that the federal troops are there over the objections of state and local officials. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler called on federal troops to leave his city, and Oregon Governor Kate Brown has strongly objected to their presence, tactics, and characterization of the protests that were happening prior to their arrival. At this early stage, the federal troops' actions appear to have significantly escalated the violence present on Portland streets, and protests have been inflamed rather than quelled by their presence. A number of observers have accused the Trump administration of deliberately attempting to inflame tensions at the protest rather than to preserve law and order as he claimed he was doing. They cite as evidence the fact that the protests in Portland had, been re- had calmed down significantly prior to federal troops' arrival, and that federal officers seem to be ta- using tactics more reminiscent of a terror force than an actual police force. Now, I obviously can't comment on what exactly the Trump administration is thinking, but I can certainly agree that it fits his narrative better if Portland is facing a great deal of violence rather than a peaceful protest. Hopefully, I'm wrong on this point, but given Trump's personality and actions so far, it would not be out of character. In one last bit of news, Congressman John Lewis died on Friday evening. Lewis was a long-term congressman and an early member of the civil rights movement and one of its most prominent figures. Lewis and his tendency to get into, as he called it, good trouble, were doubtless significant forces for change over his lifespan, and both Congress and the nation are lesser for his loss. Thank you all for tuning in, by the way. That will be all for this week. Hopefully, as again next week, I will have some better news for you. Until then, cheers. Cheers.